This is Bulls Beat on USF Bulls Unlimited. Over the next half hour, we've got the very latest on all sports at USF. With today's show, here's your host, Derek Sharp. Hey, if you're a new listener, thanks for checking us out. Why would there be so many new listeners? We might have a few more ears on us. We'll definitely have a few more ears on our football broadcasts. The news today of a new flagship FM radio station is coming your way here in a minute. We'll also get plenty of volleyball highlights coming your way as it was a thrilling weekend at the Corral. In our second segment, we'll talk about the soccer situation from last night. It was really a rough night, unfortunately. But hey, win or lose, we cover it all for you here on Bulls Beat. It is game week. And let me go ahead and just tell you, we are going to load you up with information on the contest against BYU. But because it's the game week and my details go beyond just doing this show, organizing the broadcast and getting that first broadcast ready is always such a, it's basically a 50-hour week. So I'm going to give myself off from Bulls Beat tomorrow, but we'll be back on Wednesday and plenty of coverage for you. Oh, speaking of coverage, we are really covered as far as the radio side goes. A new three-year deal, radio deal between USF, Athletics, of course, and the Cox Media Group, meaning our new FM flagship station is 1025 The Bone. Real. Raw. Radio. I think I said that right. So, what does that mean? You are going to be able to, if you like listening to the games on FM, hear us down as south as Naples, East Orlando, Pasco County. It is a great deal. I know they're big USF fans. We will talk a lot more about this agreement throughout the course of the week. What does it mean for Bulls Unlimited? We're still here. We still broadcast all the games. We still give you the first hour of the football pregame exclusively. It's just our FM partner is going to be heard by a lot more people. They're going to do a lot of talk during the week about the Bulls, whereas in the past, maybe it was on an AM station that didn't talk about the Bulls at all. Now that is going to be completely different, so we're thrilled to be involved with 102.5 The Bone. And again, much more on this relationship before the end of the week. But let's get to the past weekend now. Starting off with volleyball. So the first match was on Friday afternoon, and it was a fun one. You looked at the three teams that were coming to the corral and figured William and Mary would be the one that the Bulls would get the better of. Had been more than a decade since their last winning season and only had seven wins last year. Then again, the Bulls only had seven wins last year, so who was going to be the most improved? And it was clearly USF, and it was clear from the start that a pair of freshmen would become part of the action. Before we talk about the hitter, let's talk about... The setter, Tatiana Johnson, who is from Maryland and was committed to the Bulls about two years ago. And she and Kelsey O'Loughlin, who joined the Bulls last year after being a former often Patriot League player of the week sort with Bucknell, that only got to play four matches in the spring of 21. And then last year sort of took over as the main setter for the Bulls whenever they ran a 5-1 formation, of course. But the 6-2 formation, and listen, I'm not trying to sound like a volleyball expert because I'm far from it, but basically means you have two setters. And so every three rotations, they replace each other. And what that means is the setter is in the back row and you have three hitters at the front the entire time. When you go with one primary setter, is basically the two winning opponents for the Bulls did, it means you're going to have half the time just two real attackers at the net with your setter being the third person up there. So it behooves you in certain ways to have one main setter because there's consistency, and I'll get more into the Bulls' second opponent in that regard here shortly, but when you go with two setters, you always have three true offensive options at the front. But 
In this case, the Bulls going with the freshman and the experienced player. The other player, Maria Andrade, who is from Brazil. We did a interview that we put up on our Unlimited Unloaded page this weekend from the media shoot day. You do need to hear her pronounce her name. There's many names, and she's got a cool voice. My name is Maria Clara de Moura Andrade. And is it okay if I just call you Maria? Yeah. Delightful, Sorton. Yeah, if you want to hear the full chat, go to our Unlimited Unloaded page, which is now SoundCloud along with Spotify and Amazon Podcasts. So that's why you heard me calling her more like Andrade for the first couple of sets on Friday afternoon. Really, she kind of drops that E at the end. It's very subtle, and it's more like Andrade. If you give it a little extra syllable at the end, that's fine. But that's what we went with, and that's what we'll go with. And the reason I wanted to make sure we say her name the proper way is because it looks like we'll be calling it a lot as the Bulls finished off a sweep. They were down 5-2 to two early in the first against Wayman Mary, but they would end up leading by 7 in that set and cruising to the win. But it's dug up and over and a block! Marta Svitkovic and Ali Barnhart go up together. Marta's going to get credit for that block. They go with Smith. Bulls dig it up. They're doing, doing a great job defensively and Maria cranks one. And Maria... Andraj is really putting on a show here today. She might be headed into double-double type on a regular basis. Marta, a nice serve. They're going to get a decent look here with Burrow on the left side. And another block, and Poyiz is pumping her fist. The Bulls are one point away. Marta Svitkovic to serve, looking for a clean sweep to start things off. There's a serve, middle. Burrow passes it backwards to Porter, back to Burrow. And that's a good looking shot. No, it goes wide. And the Bulls win. They beat the tribe of William and Mary 25-18, 25-23, 24-18. That middle set score was a little bit closer than the others. Bulls did control it and almost fumbled it away. And that would have been really tough because William and Mary was clearly the inferior opponent and not despairing to them in any way. And they had plenty of support there because... Caitlin Ferguson is a Tampa prepper, and so is the Bulls' Madison Bregan. So you had a large group of kids from Tampa prep there cheering on both of those individuals. But yeah, the Bulls had a 13-8 lead, saw William & Mary actually come back to tie it, but answered right away Hendricks Walker with two kills, a pretty big spot in the match, and then they would go on and roll. Then come the hard matches. You knew that both would be challenges. First, going up against South Alabama on Friday night. First things first, the crowd, and you'll hear it in some of these highlights as we go a little bit more in depth into this one. The Bulls would lose, but a lot, and I mean a lot, of encouraging stuff from this match. It's funny, in the first one against William and Mary, you just didn't have the big numbers because when you sweep someone, you're not going to have big numbers against them. Andraj led the way in kills for the Bulls and attacks. 11 kills, 23 attacks. Tizzy Pouillis nine kills and it was kind of interesting that Martha Svitkovic who was by far the leading attacker last season was fourth on the list so you had Maria Andrade, Tizzy Pouillis, Amanda DeWitt and then with Hendricks Walker and Barnhart actually having as many or more kills than Marty Svitkovic or two middles Svitkovic was in the fourth spot but that just shows you you got a little depth on this team and Let's remember, you also don't have Michaela Washington right now. She's expected to be ready for conference play, which comes after the first month of the season. CeCe Clausen, again, because it was a quick match, only had eight digs. Well, she would crank it up on the second one on Friday night. 
The Bulls did lose the first set, but definitely showed out. They were down 7-3, to three, came back to tie it, but never took the lead. And that was the theme in this one. Again, this is a Ball State team that went 30-4 and four last year, beat Michigan in the first round of the NCAA tournament, and then in Louisville, lost the first set to them 29-27, then kind of fell off after that. But the Bulls were right there with them. And then in the second set, it was time for basically the tables to be turned, and the match was on. Go back to their win against South Alabama in four sets. They won those two, 25-23. So a team that knows how to close. Probably explains how they went 30-4 last year. There's a block. Mary Hendricks Walker gets some. Now they go back to Mitchum and CeCe Clawson. Nice high pass to Johnson, left side to Maria, and that's a point for the Bulls. Solid defense, CeCe Clawson all over it again. Coming off a rare single digit dig earlier. She has 10 already. Boyes, another ace. That one had some serious dipping action. And Haven Gates, who again is a senior and a tremendous defensive player, couldn't handle it. Tizzy over to DeWitt. Straight down and diagonally, and the Bulls have an 8-4 lead. They are playing wonderfully right now. Bulls serving with a one-point lead. Voronsky to put. Oh, what a dig by Maria. And now Marta gets a decent look at it, but dug up nicely by Rowanski. Means the pass goes to defensive player Huber, and the Bulls dig it back to Clawson. Johnson right side to Puyis. What a shot that was! Bulls up 15 to 13. But go back to Maria, and she is getting the plaudits. Deservedly so. Rowanski tries a tip shot. Bulls get it back. Now a free ball coming their way. DeWitt wants it back from Laughlin. Gets it, and DeWitt's shot is dug up. It's going to the net, though. Barnhart's there, and she puts it down. 20 to 16 Bulls, their largest lead, and Ball State is going to call a timeout. There's the applause of USF fans you're hearing right now. Huber with the serve lefty. Maria to Kelsey, left side. Wind it up and put it down. Marco Fikovic pulls up 22 21. Good stuff here, folks. We are tied at 23. Ball State has won going back to their earlier match three straight sets by 25-23. So you have to win this point if you're the Bulls, you think. Poyes, easy dig for Volonsky, but again, Huber has to pass it. Shot by Halverson, dug up by Clausen. Chance for Marta here, tip, and Reese with the easy pass. Now they have to go mid-road to Halverson. Maria, good pass to Olaf. Put it away here, Barnhart goes! Allie Barnhart sees the right side, and the Bulls have a set point. Tatiana, where's she gonna go? Left side to Marta, deflected. Volonsky's gonna get a set here up the middle. Tatiana passes it up to Clausen's gonna have to deliver it to Tizzy for the set, deflected at the net. Volonsky's gonna get a clean look up the middle. Blocked down, and Bosley in the set! I thought for a second that Ball State was gonna be able to get that one back over, but how about that? The Bulls! Absolutely clutch up. If you couldn't tell, the crowd was really into it. There's going to be some matches in the Yingling Center later on this year. I'm telling you, this team is going to do well in conference. I know they're picked to finish next to last, but I just don't see it. And they've got some reinforcements coming too. Third set, similar to the first. Big early lead for Ball State, 4-0. Eventually as many as a 5-point lead at 14-9. But the Bulls would have it tied at 17 Cardinals answered right back and took the set 25-21. Then it really looked like it was over, honestly, as once again a five-point lead, 16-11, to and it just looked like it was going to be a typical Cardinal victory. But once again, the Bulls rallied back. They would tie it at 22, only to have Ball State take the next two. So match over, right? Nah.
So match point, 24-22. Andrade handles it, she's gonna get it back, and through the block! Bulls fend off match point number one. Portiz with the serve, going deep, right to Risi, right to Wolanski, up the middle to Halverson, but Top was ready for it. Marta sends it across to Maria, and that's down and in! We are tied at 24! We are all even. Nice serve on that point by Puyiz. They had a clean look at it. Oh, that ball is dug up barely. They're still gonna get a look at it with Plitt, but Tot again there for the dig. Back set by Puyiz to Maria. Over to Ball State, right side, clean. Look at the block! Maria Andres puts it down against the freshman, Maddie Buckley. And the Bulls lead it, 25-24. Epic stuff right here. So that is the first time that the trailing team deep in a set has come back to actually take the lead. Now let's see if the Bulls can take that next step all in the serve of Pouillis. And fourth at deciding. That's a drifting serve, that's an ace! Ball State is rattled. The fans are going crazy. What a rally by the Bulls. And if you want to hear the whole match and all the action from the weekend, we replayed it plenty. I know, it was back-to-back -back losses, right? Why would you replay them so often? Because they were genuinely thrilling. And it looked like the Bulls were going to have it. Now, you heard me mention the name Megan Walonsky on the other side. She would not leave the court as their main setter. And any time they had a point they needed to get, it involved a good reception on the serve and a perfect set by Walonsky to one of their front rows. The Bulls actually did a great job of slowing down Marie Plitt, who has been Ball State's leader in attacks and everything. She was actually third on the list with just eight kills in a five-set match. But Addie Halverson, a Jacksonville State transfer, led the way, did a nice job. And Natalie Reese, 16 points and 15 digs. She was the one that the Bulls had issues with. But the Bulls were creating some issues. Maria Andrade with 23 kills. Amanda D. Witt with 15. Puyiz, 14. Svitkovic with 11. C.C. Clausen with 35 digs. Bulls with 14 aces compared to Ball State's five. Ball State was second in the country in aces last year. In other words, this was an even match, and the Bulls would have a two-point lead in the fifth set. But again, Ball State would keep its cool, and just a couple of slightly loose points by the Bulls, but still exciting. Here's how the fifth set went down. Drift away. Polonsky, good serve, but the Bulls get it. Over to Marta on the left side, and she hammers that ball. No error there. Up the line, her best, most powerful kill of the night. Ace it, uh, that shot, how about an ace? Marta Strikovic is back. She wasn't gone for very long. And it's 11 attempt. Boy, does she look determined. And that one just drifts over the tape. It's going backwards, so they're gonna get a free ball, the Bulls here. It's Marta passing it up to Taunt. Left side to Maria, and it's blocked down. Wow, what a block. Over to the left side of Maria, blocked down and in. Great job by Ball State. The left side. Oh, what a diving dig by Alexis Williams. O'Laughlin over to Maria, a little bit off balance. This is going to be a free ball for Ball State. They go back to Mitchum on the right side, and Williams can't get that one. Man, what an effort by Alexis, though. It was really one of those where you just had to go, yeah, that's a good team, and the Bulls gave them everything they could handle. 
but the Bulls fall in five sets. And it felt like a five-setter because of how the third and the fourth went overtime against South Alabama on Saturday afternoon. And yes, another good team, another returning conference champion. And this time, yes, you definitely had to credit the other team, South Alabama, but also the Bulls, not at the end of these sets when they lost barely, but certain parts in the middle where you just had a little dip and they couldn't afford it against a good team. Can probably afford it against weaker competition, but not against the Jags, who rolled the Bulls in the first set. There was a little bit of a natural letdown, I think, from Friday night for USF. Started to get back into it towards the end. Actually tried some players that hadn't played at all on Friday just to mix it up and sort of get themselves ready for the second set when they were great. The hitting percentage went from a 111 in the first set to a 405, 18 kills on just three errors. And the great play continued. The Bulls would lead 19 to 14, but from 20 to 16, one of those lulls I'm talking about with a couple of errors saw South Alabama get it to within one. And even though the Bulls led 22 to 20, the Jaguars would score the next two. Back and forth it went. And 29-27, the Jaguars take the set. But not a good pass. Sobolewski winds up. Wonderful dig by Marta. Olofen with a player stumbling in front of her. Gets it to Maria for the kill. Boy, the Bulls had a couple of chances to drop that set because it was Sobolewski back in the front row. But Svitkovic with a couple of big digs. And we are 26 apiece. Tip back over Olofen. Has to dive for it, Clawson, not a bad pass to DeWitt. Tip shot, dug back up by South Alabama. Underhanded pass, Obaleski into the net. Yeah, that's gotta be four hits. Bulls win the point, 27 apiece. Great stuff from both sides, especially defensively. Andrade, dug up by Wardell on the reception. Underhanded to Sobolewski, tip. Oh, what a diving dig by Andrade. Chance for Marta, and wow, what a win for that point as South Alabama's Nikki Capizzi and the youngster Lily Simons barely nudge that over. They combine for a block that just ducked inside the sideline. I think whoever loses this set is not out of the match. That's how closely contested this is. It sure would be nice to win it. Bulls have to win this point to stay alive in it. They go left side to Marta, knocked down. Clawson is able to get the dig. Middle to Barnhart and it's out. And South Alabama wins a thrilling set. 29-27. You heard it. It took a phenomenal play by South Alabama to avoid the Bulls having a two sets to one lead. Then it looked like, again, similar to Ball State, the fourth set was going to go fairly decisively the other team's way when the Bulls fell by an early 8-3. to three. It was reminiscent of the first set when they just weren't in it. Well, they got it back tied quickly this time at 13 apiece and again would lead it by 3, 20-17 but the Jaguars came back and it went back and forth and back and forth and one point in particular when the Bulls had a set point. This might not happen again all year long, but it did at a crucial time. Second set in a row has gone well over time. This match has been going on for two hours and 10 minutes just about. And the Bulls make it even longer. 28-27 for Yees. Good serve over the net. Free, oh, free ball, but it lands. And the Bulls were all looking for somebody else to get it. It was a free ball because it was such a good serve. It just ricocheted back onto the Bulls' side. I think Svitkovic wanted to get the pass, 
And she just pulled up at the last second. See, that's the kind of thing, and again, I'm not being critical, because they're just so improved. But those kind of things, you can't look at the end of the match sometime. You have to look at that kind of play. That should have been a put-away point for the Bulls. Good serve. Nice pass. Marta from the back row, but Hickey, the libero, digs it up. Left side of Sobolevsky, and she puts it down. And now South Alabama has a third match point, 29-28. Bulls have got to get a good receive here. It's not a good one. And it could be the match. It is. It's going to go down as an ace. And just gut-wrencher. Gut-wrencher. For a second straight day, the Bulls lose a very tough one. And let me tell you, the South Alabama coach didn't just duck in and do a cursory handshake. He's still talking to Jolene Shepherdson as Jesse Ortiz saying how impressed he is. You can see it. Listen, no doubt you're trying to win these matches, but if you're looking for improvement from last year when the Bulls went just 1-19 in conference, you definitely got it. Now, you heard the name Sobolewski. The Jags ran a 5-1, and so when she was on the front row, they only had two attackers. She basically got the ball every time. So it was predictable, but it was well executed. So Bolesky, 79 attempts. The drop-off down to 44 for the next most on their team. Bulls, again, with two different setters, had it more spread out, led by Amanda D. Witch. She was tremendous over the weekend. 16 kills. Marta followed with 14 to go with 10 digs. Maria... Seven errors, only hit 105, but 11 kills, and she is just going to be a big part of this team. Had five service errors as well. The Bulls weren't perfect, but you could see the talent is there. Ali Bonhart had a nice match with eight kills. You have Tizzy Pulleys, four very solid pin hitters options, and then in the middle with Barnhart and Hendricks Walker, and let's not forget, Michaela Washington will be available right around conference time. Plan on talking to Jolene Shepherdson one of these next couple days for Wednesday's show. Again, we're going to take off Tuesday. Getting ready for the first football game. I just need the extra time because there's a lot going on. It's always semi-hectic, but we're excited to bring it to you, and again, excited about our new FM radio partner, 1025 The Bone. It was a rough one Sunday night at Corbett Soccer Stadium. We'll give you a few highlights of the women's team's loss to FAU and also tell you what happened with the men at North Carolina when Bulls Beat continues. This is the Unlimited Unloaded page. Bulls Beat continues right here on USF Bulls Unlimited. Back to your host, Derek Sharp. Again, very excited to be partners with 1025 The Bone. Nice article on GoUSFBulls.com. Not only details the FM side of things, but the HD2 side of things where both men's and women's basketball will be available on the 1025 FM HD2 channel. And there's going to be some other stuff coming to that and to the bone as well that you'll hear about soon enough. But as far as USF goes, football on 1025 FM and everything still how it has been on Bulls Unlimited. But there's one difference. We say goodbye to our friend Bulls Unlimited 2 because of the HD2 channel. We really don't need Bulls Unlimited 2. Whenever there are two games going on at once, We'll utilize both Unlimited and the HD2 channel. And again, when we get into the basketball season, that's really going to come more into play. But that's not all. I mean, there's a lot more happening on the way. We are going through a tough time technically on the soccer broadcast. Long story short, we're having to put the games out via a different method than in the past. It depends a lot on the wireless network. And if a lot of people are on it, the stream isn't consistent. If you have a solid Ethernet line, like I did for volleyball, you're good to go. But we were having uh, firewall issues on Thursday and Sunday night. And so 
The bad news is the soccer broadcasts were a little spotty. I guess the positive way of looking at it is if there were going to be some games with technical issues where you couldn't hear the whole thing, unfortunately, just telling it like it is, you really didn't miss much. On Thursday, the Bulls did not score. First, the women. Now, they had their chances against American University, but against a team that was picked to finish ninth out of 10 teams in the Patriot League, they gave up a goal in the second half and were stunned. Then the men played against FGCU, and we were out of there at 5 until midnight because of all the weather delays. 0-0 was the score. Now, FGCU turned around and beat Northwestern last night. one nothing. so no one scored against the Eagles yet. But the Bulls almost did. This could have held up as the goal of the year had it not been saved. Privetere will take the corner. Afalabi, watch him. I talked about his height. Eagles are crowding the middle of the box. That's where the ball is headed. Afalabi goes up. Thought he got pushed. There's a ball on goal. Over to Sogo. Oh, what a save! The first effort was great. It got deflected away by the Eagles. And Soga just got his body over that ball perfectly and blasted it. And Wyatt Kister, we told you he's had some shaky moments tonight, but that was a rocket and he was able to stop it. What a chance for the Bulls. So that would have been your winner. And then on Sunday night at 24th ranked North Carolina, Jamone Barkley put on a shot that would have tied the game at one. Bulls fell behind on an early penalty kick. And let me tell you, this was an amazing shot that got stopped. So the Bulls have been victimized, as it were, by some great saves on the other side. However, in this case, the Bulls' own Jackson Wyman had to come through with six saves himself as the Bulls did get outshot. 18-8, and they lose the game 1-0. So they're 0-1-1 on the season, and they'll be playing at Marquette on Friday night. Sunday night, the Bulls, again, coming off that disappointing loss, going up against FAU, which tied the Bulls last year 1-1 to at Corbett Soccer Stadium. And that was a game where the Bulls scored in the first half and gave up a goal in the second half. Repeat the process last night. Bulls look good at this point. Thurton. Oh, nice move by Hahn. Finds her, and there's a shot. Handled by the keeper, look could be in, and it is! It was a hot shot by Holland. Lexi Gonzalez fumbled it away, and the Bulls have scored. Thought that Han was gonna send it across, but she took the blast and has her first of the season. And the Bulls nearly doubled their lead. If they get the second goal, Emilia Limeri put a header down on a cross by Cine Mark Bartson. It was saved. Maybe this game is locked up. But what happened instead, five minutes left in the first half, lightning delay. FAU came out and just pressed the Bulls into oblivion. The Bulls had nothing going offensively in the second half, as in no shots in it until 10 minutes were left. The possession that the Bulls normally employ and enjoy just wasn't there. They went with a different defensive alignment, three in the back. Olivia Mancini got the start. She got hurt early. Fellow freshman Maria Bulis came in. But the Bulls just could not control the ball, even with that additional midfielder. When they had a chance to connect up top, it wasn't happening. And then it started happening for the Owls. Their turnovers led to the ultimate turnover goal. And then finally, if you heard me on the air, I said with five minutes left, so strange to say it, but I would take one-to-one -one right now. Just skip the last five minutes. Unfortunately, that turned out to be right on the mark as the Owls would score with two minutes to go. First, though, the tying goal, which was a shock, but frankly, the way FAU had been hitting the post twice and missing closely, they kind of deserved this break. And then they didn't stop, unfortunately, for the Bulls. Again, a press. 
Amiri back to Martinez, and she knocks it into her own net. Off of Sonis, and the goal that you thought would come just did. What a mistake by Martinez. She had two choices. Crush the ball up the field, or slot it off to the right side. And that was the wrong decision. Another interception by FAU on the Bulls' defensive side. Krista gets it. Thinks about having to go from distance. Gets it towards the top of the box. Oh, good slotted pass. Low shot. Save, but there's a rebound and a goal. Austin's shot was stopped. G. Christick scores. And FAU has taken the lead with just 1.59 to go. Listen, FAU is well coached. They've won two regular season titles within the last five seasons. So I'm not saying how could you lose to that team. But the issue is the Bulls' attack is in some cases just non-existent, even in that match against American where they had plenty of chances in the second half. They didn't get their first shot in that game until eight minutes were left. And last night, one shot in the entire second half until that moment you just heard. Then the Bulls desperately got two shots off in the last 30 seconds, including one that almost tied it literally with the second left off a corner. Sarita Thurton headed it down and just over the crossbar. We'll get more into the women's soccer team. They're playing in Gainesville Thursday. I will be making that trip for the game, but they're 1-2 and two and not looking like an NCAA tournament team right now anyway. Good news is they've definitely got talent. They have time to turn it around and basically get it together in time for conference and hope to make a run. Speaking of conference, Around the American Returns as its own 15-minute show will air it on Monday afternoon. It was a full weekend in soccer and volleyball. If you want our schedule, you can head to gousfbulls.com and always follow us on Twitter at Bulls Unlimited. Again, no Bulls beat tomorrow, but we'll be plenty busy with plenty of football this week and back with The Daily Show on Wednesday. Thanks for listening. I'm Derek Sharp. You've been listening to Bulls Beat on Unlimited Unloaded.